0: Good morning, everyone. From, from my side, it's great to have you here this morning. Yo, it's warmer. Yo, I think it's, it's the love month. I don't know. Maybe there's more relationships, more marriages, and it's just heating up. I don't know. Um, and so, uh, welcome to you this morning. Uh, if you're joining us this morning for the first time, it's great to have you here with us. And to share to share the word with you this morning, my name is Rudo. I'm part of the staff and the eldership, and uh, and it's great to be with you. We started a new sermon series last week called Relationships. Uh, relationships. It it is what it is. It is what it is. What is it? It's almost like you know that moment when um, when you come home after a long day and your wife made that meal and. Halfway through the meal, um, she realizes it's the meal that you don't really like so much. And then she asks, how's the, how's the food? And you say, it is what it is. <laughs> and then you get a slap. Or maybe she just takes your food, I don't know. Or when you wear that jean pants that she don't, doesn't really like so much and when you're halfway to the event and she asks you, is it really that, Jeans? And you say, well, it is what it is. (laughs) Relationships. Oh, man, it is what it is. And so I love the way that Donnie started this sermon series last week. (laughs) Um, You know, with God's standard... God's standard for relationships and healthy relationships, speaking from Ephesians 5, verse 1 and 2. And so this morning, we are continuing in this series, and the topic for today is, listen to this, this topic, engagement ring, wedding ring, suffering. <laughs> I'm joking, I'm joking. Okay, I'll, I'll finish up now. I'm joking. It's not my topic. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll stop now. <laughs> please don't tell donnie he's not here this morning okay <laughs> he's going to he's having a, a great no, week in the way um, and we're having a good time <laughs> all right Whew. so my topic this morning is love relationships and marriage or love marriage and relationships and you can open your bibles in ephesians Five is one, and while you turn there this morning, um, Michelle and I celebrated our 11th year anniversary uh, on Thursday, and, um, and we had such a great evening. Uh, in the middle of our dinner, <laughs> after we ordered everything, um, someone or the lady that, of the restaurant came to us and said, someone paid your bill already this afternoon, and she forgot to tell us. And, um, and so, it was such a wonderful time. We had, a, we had our, our bill paid at our, re- our favorite restaurant on our wedding anniversary. God is good. If it was some of you, one of you, I don't know who knows, but thank you. I don't know who it is, but it was, we had a wonderful time. And normally at our anniversary, you know, me and Michelle take some time and we reflect. We reflect about the year that passed, the ups and the downs, and we ask some questions, and we go through certain things in our marriage and we did the same this year. Michelle and I started dating uh, in 2009. We dated for two and a half years and then we were engaged for a year and two months and then it took us almost four years before we got married, right? And so Michelle wanted to get married after three months as women, want, as women do um, and I wasn't ready as men are not always ready, right? And so that exposed two of our biggest battles in our marriage, which is insecurity and selfishness. And as we reflect, you know, we can reflect that it is we haven't figured it out. It's still our battles to this day. It's maybe just easier after 11 years and a few children, right? There's a little bit more grace, There's a little bit more understanding. There's a little bit more kindness. And so we figure things, we figure the conversation maybe a little bit quicker out. But it doesn't mean that those battles is not still there. We just learn from each other and we try to imitate God. We grow as we go. How's that? And so Donnie shared last week in this first two verses of Ephesians 5, and I almost want to continue today from these two verses from Ephesians chapter 5, the standard in, in relationships, and we read verse 1, it says, therefore be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us. And so Donnie elaborated on the walking in love part, almost the second part of this first verse, where he shared on the way we forgive, the way that we love, the way that we walk in love is is to forgive each other. It is to sacrifice for one another. It is that we stay away from sin, right? And so this morning, I would like to focus on the first part of this verse, where it says, and, and, and also to apply it in our marriage and relationship where it says, Be imitators of God as beloved children. Be imitators of God as beloved children. Yes, you will be insecure, but be imitators of God as beloved children. Yes, you will be selfish, but be imitators of God as beloved children. Maybe those there at the back didn't hear so well. It says, Be imitators of God as beloved children. Because it's easy in marriages and in relationships to imitate so many things in our postmodern culture. You know, we will imitate celebrities or we will imitate certain TV shows or we will just do certain things. But the word of God says we need to imitate God as beloved children. And so the best example I have for this is um, the relationship that is the most closest to me in our house. It is the, the relationship between our two sons. Alexander is six and Sammy is two. But in Sammy's head, he is also six. He does everything his brother does. He imitates him in everything. If Alexander jumps, Sammy jumps. If Alexander shouts, Sammy shouts. Even though he can't so well, but he shouts. Everything Alexander does sammy does in his head he's not a 2 year old he's a 6 year old he imitates everything and you see it when he, when he runs when they play when they go to bed everything he does he does the way you know it's actually amazing i said to my wife the other day how a 6 year old has such influence on someone's life yeah, you know How that two-year-old looks up to his brother and he just imitates him in everything he does. And so here's the thing. You can only imitate something or someone in the most natural way that is familiar to you. If it is familiar to you, you're going to imitate it. And so we have to spend time with God so that we can be familiar with Him so that we can imitate Him, right? Therefore, Genesis 1 verse 27 says, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created him. And so we know that we were created in the image of God to imitate God. Therefore, to be imitators of God as beloved children. It almost sounds simple. So if we think about marriage for a moment, the relationship of marriage, many of you here this morning are married. Maybe some of you is in a different relationship status, single or divorced. I'm not sure, but just for a moment, let's think about marriage. There is this overwhelming emphasis on imitating God in this specific relationship when we read Ephesians 5 from verse 22, and so you can turn to, to verse 22 in Ephesians 5, This. This emphasis on imitating God, husband and wife. And so to, and to understand the concept of imitating God, we're going to skip just certain verses so that you can understand this concept. So we read from verse 22. It says, wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. Verse 24, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives. Wives should submit in everything to their husbands. Verse 25, husbands, love your wives. As Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Verse 28, in the same way, husbands should love their wives. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. Verse 32, this mystery is profound, and I'm saying that it refers to Christ and the church. And so the standard... The standard of this relationship between a husband and a wife is extremely high. Why? Because it is is compared to the relationship between the church and Christ. And in that, we are called to imitate, husbands are called to imitate the love of Christ, and, and wives are called to imitate the submission of the church. Do you follow with me? Are you with me this morning? And so Paul calls this... A profound mystery. But if we apply the standard in the beginning of this chapter to imitate God as beloved children, then it seems pretty simple. It seems pretty simple. Husbands should imitate Christ's love towards their wives, and in the same way wives should imitate the church's submission for Christ unto her husband. Seems simple, right? Imitate love and imitate submission. The same same way Christ did it. Christ's love for the church is the basis for love in marriage. And the husband is to follow Christ's example in loving his wife. And so we'll get to to the the, spot and how this loving one another needs to look in a moment. And so as a husband loves his wife, a wife submits to her husband as to the Lord. And this does not seem... This doesn't mean that she doesn't have a say or she doesn't have a voice in this relationship, but she helps her husband to accomplish God's purposes for their family. And so if we do this, we'll have success in relationships. We'll have success in marriages. You know, the, there, will, there won't be a high divorce rate. There won't be relational dysfunctions. Everything will be great. Why? Because we imitate God, but is that what we see in marriages today? Is that the the reality of marriages and relationships in our current communities today? Unfortunately not. And we have to ask why. Why is the divorce rate so high? Why is it that people struggle in marriages, that there's relational dysfunctions? We have to ask the reason why. And so even though this instruction is so straightforward, it has proved difficult to practically implement in many marriages. This simple biblical instruction has become the center um, of immense debate in theological circles, philosophical circles, counseling, marriage counseling, relational interventions. The list can go on and on and on. It has become this Debate upon debate. Why should a wife submit? Why should a husband only love? And yes, that is the role that God gave the husband and the wife in marriage. That is the truth. We read it. We just read it. It's almost the simple instruction. But let's read Ephesians 5, 1 and 2 again. Therefore, be imitators of God. As beloved children and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us. We know that we were created in the image of God to imitate God. Who are you going to imitate? We are called, we are, we are, we are called and to imitate God, to be imitators of the God as His children. And so, yes, a husband and a wife. One is called to love, and one is is called to submit, to imitate love, and one is called to imitate, to submit. But it's almost in a way like bringing your 50%, and I bring my 50%, and then together we have 100%. But we all know that's not how it works in marriages, right? That's not how it works in relationships, right? You are called to bring 100%. And so in relationships we are called not just to bring one or the other, we are called to bring both. Therefore, as Christians, we are called to submit to one another and to love one another. As Christians, we are called to submit to one another and to love one another. Listen to John 15 verse 12, verse 13. It says, this is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love is no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. Jesus didn't speak here to the husband or to the wife. No, he spoke to everyone and he said, you are called to love one another. As children of me, you are called to love one another. And then in Ephesians 5 verse 21, the very verse Before we go into this whole section of husband and wife, that verse says, verse 21 says, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Love one another and submit to one another, the Word of God says. And so, as Christians, we are called to love one another and to submit to one another. Doesn't mean if you are a husband, Or a wife. It doesn't mean if you. It doesn't. It it doesn't matter if you're married or unmarried. This morning, it doesn't matter what is your relationship status. If you're divorced, if you're single, if you if you're still looking. There's a place where all of us need to understand that we have to understand what it means to love one another and to submit to one another. Do you know why? Do you know why? Because we were first called to be followers of Jesus and imitators of God, imitators of Christ. You see, it is so easy for us as men to place our identity in who we are. I am a husband, and so as a husband, I am only called to love my wife in this relationship. But we were first called to be followers of Jesus, to be Christian first, That is your first identity. And yes, you are going to take that into your marriage. Therefore, we are called to love and submit to one another. Friends, if we can understand this, that in a a relationship, it is not just the one, but it is both. It will change the dimensions of relationships and marriages. Yes, a husband and a wife... You are given a specific role and responsibility in your marriage. But can you just for a moment think that if you take that same role that you have received as a child of God into your marriage, into your relationships, what it will look like? John 15 verse 12 says, love one another. Love one another. Husbands, love your wives. Wives, love your husbands. If you don't have a wife or a husband, learn to love your friends. Learn to love your family. How does that look? Let's go to 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14, right? 12 and 14, these pillar of chapters in 1 Corinthians, uh, in 1 Corinthians the book 1 Corinthians. Chapter 12 and chapter 14, it's this pillar of chapters about church relationships and relationships overall. And then right in the center of these chapters, we find 1 Corinthians 13, the chapter of love. And the same love that 1 Corinthians 13 speaks of is the same Greek origin word that John 15 verse 12 speaks of, and Ephesians 5 verse 22 and 23, the the love of the husband speaks of, it's the same root word. It speaks about love. And so what is this love then? Verse 4, love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way, it is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things. It believes all things. It hopes all things. It endures all things. Love never ends. And so now faith, hope, and love abide. These three, but the greatest of these is the love. And so here's my question. Here's the question I have. What if you were to take the word love out of that, Verses for a moment, and you replace it with I, and you ask the question What do you mean? This is what I mean. Ask your spouse. Ask the person closest to you. If you're unmarried, call your mom or your friend. But ask your husband or your wife Am I patient and kind? Do I envy or boast? Am I arrogant or rude? Like, do I the whole time care about what you do on your phone and can't settle down? I'm so jealous. Do I insist on my own way the whole time or do I create a platform for you to also um, give input in our marriage, in our relationships? Am I irritable or resentful, or in better words, am I bitter? Like, am I a difficult person to get along with? Do, do I get offended easily? Do you have to walk around on eggshells in the house around me all the time? It's difficult questions then to ask. But that is what love is. Do you think that is only what the husband needs to bring into the marriage? No, we were both called to do it. We were all called to love one another. And the problem is, friends, you know, you're not going to fix your arrogance by yourself. (laughs) You're not going to fix your anger just from yourself or your jealousy. And patience is not just automatically going to flow from you. In this load shedding time. (laughs) No, Jesus loves you so much that he laid down his life. In the very next verse, in verse 13, it says, He laid down his life, and therefore we can love. And therefore we can have patience. If we imitate him, if we are imitators of him, not if we're going to imitate movies, on the things that we see on Netflix or the the relationships that we see, you know, next to the rugby field of people that we don't even know. And we think like because they're successful in their businesses, that's obviously the way that we should talk to our wives or our husbands. No, we need to imitate Christ. And Jesus calls us to love one another, to love your spouse, to love your friends, to love your family. And you can practice loving even if you're not in a marriage yet. You can practice being patient. You can practice to be kind. Ephesians 5 verse 21 says, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Submitting, have you ever read this verse? Submitting to one another. The very verse before we go into husbands and wives, say, says submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. And so John 15 verse 13, I just want to make this point, says greater love has no one than this, than someone that laid down his life for his friends. Do you remember that moment where Jesus prayed and he said, Father, please let this cup pass me, but not my will, but yours be done, right? In that moment, Jesus submitted himself under God, his will, his rights, what he wanted in that moment. He didn't want to go through that suffering, but he submitted himself under God. And so what I'm not saying is, I'm not saying that to submit to one another and to lay down your life is the same thing. That's not what I'm saying, because it isn't. But we can find very much of the same in the two concepts, right? Very much of the same things to submit to one another and to lay down your life is found in this concept of laying down and submitting, giving up my will and my right, to surrender, to give away, to come under, to obey, to trust is what it means. And so allow me to just share a few practical examples For us, as we pursue relationships, as we pursue each other in our marriages, practical examples to submit to each other. The first example I want to share is to be faithful. What does that have to do with submitting? To be faithful, to stay faithful. Oh, I don't sleep around. I have one wife. That's wonderful. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you for doing that. But how many hours do you work in a week? How faithful are you with your time that you spent with your spouse or with the people that you love? Because it's so easy to sacrifice our families and our children and our spouses on the, on the, on the altar of our careers and success. And that is exactly what we are called not to do. We are called to be faithful in our relationships, to lay down ourselves, to submit to one another. And so being faithful is not always the glamorous option, right? Because you are laying down your human desires of the things that you want to do now. You know, not going to that party, not looking at those videos, deleting certain apps from your phone. It's not always the greatest and the best. Laying down your lustful desires to stay faithful and to submit to one another because Jesus asks us to do that, to be a trustworthy person. The second example I want to share with you is to be selfless, to be selfless. Taylor Tomlinson, she's an American um, uh, comedian and she made this state statement. I think it was a, a joke, but you can read so much in a joke. She says, I'm looking for a guy who will throw away all these hopes and dreams to support me realizing my dreams. (laughs) We live in a selfish and self-absorbed culture, friends, where I do my thing and my way, and we struggle to support one another and believe in one another to lay down our lives for one another, to submit to one another. Do you even know the hopes and the dreams of your spouse? If you were in relationships and it didn't work out, did you know the hopes and the dreams of that person? Or was it always just about you? Do you even know the passions and the hobbies of the person that you spent your life with? And do you support each other in that? Michelle started running because I run, and, um, and so our, our time started to clash. And so one day I, um, I heard this lady who actually won Comrade, she was a mother, and she had a full-time job at the university, and they asked her, well, when do you train? And she said, I train uh, between three and five in the morning. And so I went back to Michelle and I said, well, we don't need you at five. You can train at five. <laughs> So she took the advice, and now she trains at five. <laughs> we need to support each other in our hobbies and passions, friends. Laying down our lives for one another and submitting to one another. To be selfless, not selfish, because Jesus called <laughs> us to lay down our lives, not to keep our lives. To be selfless. And the last example I want to share with you is to embrace your differences you know we tend to want to change each other into the versions of ourselves so that it's more comfortable for us right so that I can say well you know I make the decisions and so you will change according to my picture but we are called to embrace each other's differences not to criticize them I always use this example of toothpaste at weddings, because it's the most practical, but when me and Michelle started um, uh, our, our marriage life, we, uh, we, we had a big, a big fight, big fight, because, no, my, my parents didn't tell me how I should press my toothpaste, and so I press it the way I want to press it, if it's in the middle, if it's at the top, if it's at the bottom, I don't care, I just want the toothpaste, Shao presses her toothpaste from the bottom. Very important point, right? And there was big fights. And now I can now I can say, well, you submit, woman. That's not going to work. No, we embrace each other's differences. So we got two different toothpastes. I can press my toothpaste any way I want. Thank God for differences. Figure them out. Don't change each other. God called us to lay down our lives. To submit to one another. Out of reverence for Christ. To submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Yes, maybe some of you are husbands and some of you are wives, and there's a specific role that you were called in your marriage. But can we just this morning say that there's a bigger identity on your life, and that identity is that you are a son and a daughter of the Most High, and therefore He called all of us to love one another and to submit to one another. And it's those things that we imitate Christ in. We don't imitate the world, we imitate Christ. And as we imitate Christ, our relationships will look healthier. Because we still have to figure it out. We're still human beings. There's still conflict and differences. And we have to figure it out. But at least we are trying to imitate Christ in the way that we love one another. Not just 50%, but 100%. In the way that we submit to one another, not just 50%, 100%. And we imitate God in our marriages, relationships, and singleness by loving one another and by submitting to one another. And we can only do this by imitating someone we are familiar with, we are natural with. And if we are familiar with Christ, we will imitate Him. We will imitate him. Before I pray for us, I want us to take a moment, and I'm going to put this, these questions from 1 Corinthians 13 up again. And I just want you to take a moment with your spouse, if you, if you're next to your spouse. If you are not by, if you're by yourself this morning, maybe you're you're unmarried. Write down these questions, and. After church, go and ask a friend or someone that's close to you or your, your parents and ask them, you know, do I get easily offended? Am I a patient person? And, and so this morning, I just want to give you a few minutes, you and your spouse or you by yourself or you with a friend to ask these questions to one another. And remember, this is an intimate relationship. If we talk about marriage, intimate relationship, don't lie to one another. Don't walk on eggshells now. Just for a moment, be real with your spouse and say, "Yo, oh, you're not that kind. You are not that patient. And can you for a moment just lay down your own... Um, pride, and ask forgiveness. Just say, I'm sorry. Because the moment that we forgive one another, we can grow in our relationships, right? Father, I pray as we're going to discuss or just speak to one another, I pray, Lord, for unity. I pray for love. And I pray, Lord, for us submitting to one another. In Jesus' name, amen.